This is ridiculous. Actors can't organize. All over the world, actors are organizing. <laughs> speaking of in the news, speaking of the news. Or have we started? News, news, news. Yeah, we've started. Oh, that was so that was my We've got news here in week 28 of View Little. Yeah, the the dragon in the room this week is Robert Downey Jr. It's uh he's on he's on the press circuit for the new film Oppenheimer in which he stars and he made a statement that has caught the headlines and caught all of our interests, we being uh, fans of Doolittle. <laughs> yeah, kind kind of turned the heads of all the doo doo heads out there. Certainly did. Uh, let me read a few of these headlines. Robert Downey Jr. considers Doolittle to be one of his most important films. That's a victory for us. <laughs> yeah. Robert Downey Jr. says his biggest flops are more important. That one's less good. Robert Downey Jr. calls Doolittle and Shaggy Dog the most important films he's done in the last 25 years. Yeah, that's a good one. Why are these? Why are all of these articles coming out with headlines like that? Uh, he did an interview, and he did say that those are the two most important movies he's so done. So specifically, the interview that he did, it was with the New York Times Magazine, David Marchese, and it's called Robert Downey Jr.'s Post-Marvel Balancing Act. Which it makes more sense than all of those headlines. It does. And a lot of the headlines also, they picked up on another piece, which was that the Marvel films he called content. Yeah. <laughs> and that was sort of like sensationalized more and more. But in the actual article, which I subscribed to the New York Times Magazine to be Dude, able to, to read, read this. Because yeah. I, I wanted to get this into the heart of this Doolittle stuff. Um, it's a bit taken out of context. Well, yeah. However, what isn't taken out of context is Doolittle and the Shaggy Dog being the most important films in the last 25 years of his career. Yeah, that is a direct quote, but it's very misleading. Because they're the most important films to him. Right, but it's misleading because uh, the headlines are spaying it as a good thing. Like, he's saying that, like, those are the, the biggest movies I've done. It, it doesn't sound like it is to him, right? I guess, yeah. It makes it sound like he's saying the most important to everyone on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> the... Which it is... In this particular case, true, I think. Yeah, I, I would say Doolittle is an important movie. I think Doolittle and The Shaggy Dog are both more important than every other movie he's done. Oh, I thought you were going to say than any movie you've seen. I wouldn't go that far. Do you want to read the quote out? you want me to paraphrase? I'll just go ahead and read the relevant Doolittle section from this article here. This is uh, in response to a question that was asked by the uh, interviewer where it's, you're in a post-Marvel phase of your career, uh, how do you decide what movies to do? I finished the Marvel... Con Look, should I do this in a Welsh accent? No, you don't have to. Okay. I finished the Marvel contract and then hastily went into what had all the promise of being another big, fun, well-executed potential franchise in Doolittle. I had some reservations. Me and my team seemed a little too excited about the deal and not quite excited enough about the merits of the execution. But at that point, I was bulletproof. I was the guru of all genre movies. Honestly, the two most important films I've done in the last 25 years are The Shaggy Dog, because that was the film that got Disney saying they would insure me. Then the second most important film was Doolittle, because Doolittle was a two-and-a-half-year wound of squandered opportunity. The stress it put on my missus, that's Susan Downey, as she rolled her sleeves up to her armpits to make it even serviceable enough to bring to market was shocking. After that point, what's the phrase? Never let a good crisis go to waste. 
We had this reset of priorities and made some changes in who our closest business advisors were. So that's the relevant Doolittle quote from this interview. So what they did is they fired all the animals they had working with them. Yep, all the animals were fired. The business, con- the monkeys, he let monkeys yeah. proofread the contract. Yep. Get them out of here. Get them out of here. I mean, I think it, that totally makes sense. Uh, if you waste two and a half years of your life and $175 million on a movie, yeah, that seems like a pretty big deal. Every like interview I've read uh, prior to this one, it really like paints it more as a pet project. Like, uh, he really wanted this he to wanted succeed. He wanted to be Doolittle. He wanted yeah. to do it. This makes it seem like he he wasn't so sure, and his team was like, oh, yeah, do you it. You should be Doolittle. You Which, should be Doolittle. Because, like, I believe him, but also, I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like he had more, uh, he was more the impetus behind it. I'm struck by a few things from these quotes. One is that they saw this as a potential franchise. Yeah. And I feel like they didn't have the right people in place to do that that's like my first takeaway on it who is the grand visionary so steven gagan he's known as a writer and then he's not very well known as a director so he's supposed to be the visionary behind it i guess i don't know but i mean it's hard to tell who I swear, who who's your kevin feige right you're you're launching a potential franchise who's your kathleen kennedy who's your guillermo del toro i don't I, know who's your what where do you what are the hallmarks of what you're basing here? I'll be honest. The way he the way he makes it seem is that it, Susan Downey was, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it feels like well, that. Like she the, was trying to salvage it. Because all those people are the executive producers, the big wigs. Well, Team Downey, uh they got this one a little wrong, I think. Yeah, but also like part of it is like what makes it seem to me that it it couldn't have just been like people letting him do <laughs> Because, like, he had to have some, like, executive say, like, being a huge producer in this and down- Susan Downey as well. Surely any normal person would hear his, like, attempt at an accent and be like, well, I don't know if that's the direction we want to take this. There wasn't a strong creative vision. It got lost somewhere in there or it never existed. Through the multiple directors, through the multiple writers, through the rewrites, through the reshoots, it all fell apart. I think it's fair to say, and became a two and a half year wound. I, whenever I read that line in the uh, summary articles that yeah. popped up everywhere, like every news aggregation, yeah, like entertainment for, news aggregate sites. The one all, I sent you was Variety. Variety, That's what my yeah. Brother sent me. They all pulled out that two and a half year wound. Yeah, whenever I read it's that, a really it was good like, quote. ooh, ouch. So you hate to see that, but they definitely made some decisions that made that wound fester. I think. I just want to see, I want to see the Gagan cut, or I want to read the Gagan script. One of those. I'm just curious. I I'm, I just want to know what it was supposed to be. If this is the end product, how bad could it have been? But at the same time, like, the studios could have messed up. Shall we go over to the other, the other side of this quote now? Yeah. Not only is Doolittle the most important film. That's right. The other most important film is the shaggy dog 2006 yeah uh which the uh, background we uh we watched a spontaneous double feature today <laughs> i think we should let everyone know we watched doolittle 2020 and then we watched the shaggy dog 2006 
because if this movie is so important to Robert Downey Jr. himself, uh, then it we should, should be, check it out. Yeah, it, it should, should be, be that important, important to, us. to us. Yeah, yeah. we're sharing in this two and a half year wound with him. Um, between the two of us, it's been you know this year will be two years, so then we'll have to add another half a year onto our wound. Oh God, are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> we have to do it for another quarter of oh, a year so that we get that half. <laughs> No, we're not doing that. Sorry. Um, and then the context behind Shaggy Dog being the most important is he went through a lot of like rehab and like personal issues, and this was his first movie that he was insured, which means that there is like a layer of trust there that um, Disney backed him for the role. This goes back rehabbing societal perceptions by playing a villain. <laughs> we mentioned that as a bit before. You sort of see that here. Robert Downey Jr. plays the villain in The Shaggy Dog. Yep. He went through a period of, like, arrests and addiction. Um, yeah. This was all before we were really that old yeah. and, like, aware of any of it, personally. When I was, like, first really introduced to him was, like, Iron Man, which I feel like is most people our age and younger. Which probably built from this Shaggy Dog Disney backing. Yeah. So I a lot of this like I didn't know until later. Um he did he's been very candid in a lot of his interviews. But anyway, we watched the Shaggy Dog and that's what's important. Um he plays the villain. What do you think of his performance? I thought that his villain performance was eccentric. I don't know how else to describe it. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was doing his whole he was doing his whole thing. Like I could see Iron Man in there. The way he talks and Just the way he like, of, push people around. But it's like a jokey version. Not a quippy version, but like a parody. Yeah, a parody. It's a he's a parody villain. Silly villain. He was fine. To, to the extent of like I'm gonna compare it to Eddie Murphy movies here for a second. The yeah. villains in the Eddie Murphy movies. Because all of these movies they have very clear villains that are just the bad guys. But the Eddie Murphy movies, they're playing that bad guy caricature without being meta-breaking. Whereas I feel like this one, this performance, it's a caricature of a villain, but it's sort of like meta-breakingly goofy. I, I don't know what you're saying, I'll be honest. Like it doesn't like, fit this... within the world. Yeah, but that's like the whole movie... I I feel like that's the first thing we should preface this movie with is, uh, did you like it? Was it good? No. No. It was bad. <laughs> it, it was sh- bad. It was really bad. So I, I don't know if that was intentional. I, I feel like his performance was fine. He was trying to be goofy Robert Downey. He's like evil Robert Downey Jr. That was his role. And it was very weird. Yeah. Part of that is like, when was the last time you saw him as the bad guy? I don't know if that played into it. It did for me a little bit. He was, like, doing his Iron Man thing, but evil. I don't know if I saw Iron Man. Oh, no. To me, it read more parallel to Scanner Darkly. I, I haven't seen that in a long time. I, I don't really know it that well. Just because it's, like, more twitchy and quirky. And I feel like Iron Man is, like, quippy and rich. Quippy rich guy. Uh, arrogant guy. Quick, Quippy. I don't know. Well, do you want to get into the shaggy dog? Yeah, let's get into the shit. Oh, I want to say one more thing about this article real quick. Okay. First, I don't know if we've made clear, but the two reasons that they're so these movies are so important to him is the personal impact of the acceptance back into 
mainstream Hollywood from the Shaggy Dog and Doolittle being a family endeavor with he and his wife. So there's like the personal attachment to it and stepping outside of Marvel and investing so much time and energy into it and it flopping so miserably. Yeah. Which interesting that he would want to highlight that as important to him. But I mean, my thing is I feel like there's a bit of a recency bias on that because it was like he did start this in 2018, 2019. 2017, right? 2017. So he, it, this is his most recent movie besides the documentary about his father that he just made a year ago. Right. So he's finally back on the press junket with Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer? Yeah. Open? Ope? I, uh, <laughs> Ope? Um, yeah. So uh, Shaggy Dog, huh? So Shaggy Dog. Uh, let's, let's hit the basics. Let's so hit the basics Shaggy, Shaggy Dog, Dog is a body horror movie. It's a, it's a body <laughs> horror movie absolutely about tim allen uh turned into a dog a shaggy dog and then there's some weird uh it's a remake we should mention it is a remake neither of us have seen the original the original was from 1959 and it's based on a novel as well the hound of florence by felix salton so there's some parallels with doolittle there remake based on a novel yeah the director is Brian Robbins. The screenplay is by a host of characters. The Wibberleys, Jeff Rodkey, Jack Amiel, and Michael Begler. It was produced by Tim Allen himself, so there's another similarity. The starring yeah. actor produces the film. Um, <laughs> this was definitely a vanity project. Yeah. <laughs> Cinematography by Gabriel Beristain. He had some interesting takes. He certainly did. <laughs> Edited by Ned Bastille. Great job. Yeah. <laughs> Great job, Ned. Knocked it out of the park, Knocked honestly. Of the park. Uh, music by Alan Menken. I don't remember the music. I don't either. I only remember the credits music. And yeah. I also remember the pop music inserts. Like, yeah. Who Let the Dogs Out. Yeah. Of course that was in this movie. It's from 2006. <laughs> and Grease. Yeah. Yeah. The budget... $50 million. The box office, $87.1 million. Oh, hey. I didn't expect that, honestly. You didn't expect such a high budget or, or such a high <laughs> box office return? Both of those. Yeah. The, the high budget makes sense in retrospect because, like, as far as CGI animals go sure. from 2006, it wasn't bad. Yeah. It really wasn't. Yeah. Some of it was good. Like, the rabbits and the mice. I think those were just real rabbits. No. There's no way. And real mice. I swear to God, those were CG. Because they were, like, blurry. I know the snake was CG. Yeah, totally. the snake was entirely CG. I know the monkeys were real. The monkeys were real. I know the pug frog was entirely CG. Entirely CG. The, I think the rabbits were uh, mostly CG. That's what they looked like sure to me. I'm not sure that I believe you, but... Because they were kind of fuzzy the whole time. Definitely all the transformation sequences and all of that. There's a lot of CG-heavy moments. The release date was March 10th, 2006. The running time is 99 minutes. I thought it was kind of long. Also, because the gross from from uh, box office doesn't cover its budget, it's technically a flop as well. Oh. Wait, doesn't it? Uh, it's, you have to double oh, or right, have, right, or right, have right. the box office or whatever, and that's what they get. Yeah. So have the box office and doesn't that's cover fair. the budget. Should we read through the cast? The The big person is uh, Tim Allen. Tim Allen plays the Shaggy Dog, who is also uh, Dave Douglas, a district attorney. Uh, there's Danny Glover. 
Danny Glover plays Ken Hollister. He's the um He's his boss. He's, he's his boss. Yeah. yeah. Uh there's Robert Downey Jr. who plays Dr. Kozak. Yeah. Who's the uh pharmaceutical company villain. Um there's Kristen Davis. She plays Rebecca Douglas. That's Tim Allen's wife, the Shaggy Dog's wife. The wife of the Shaggy Dog. Okay, and I've named all the big names. There's a cameo by like John he- Heater or something, right? Who's the cameo? The the guy in the animal shelter. Who's that man? Uh, Joel Moore. Joel Moore. Really? Is the dog pound employee. Where do I know him from? Okay, anyway. You know him from James Cameron's Avatar. You're right. I do know him from that. Yeah, so that's like all the big names. Yeah, I'm not going to read any of these other names. <laughs> <laughs> what What was the monkey's names? Uh, we could look that up, probably. <laughs> uh, so, the shaggy dog, right? The Shaggy Dog. How do we want to do this? How do you want to do this today? Do we want to like go over a plot, or you just want to talk about? Uh, well, I'm gonna do a two sentence plot. Okay, let's hear it. Just you know, like an IMDb snippet. Okay. Outline: A dog is 300 years old and lives in Tibet. Okay, that's one. He is kidnapped by a pharmaceutical company, and everything goes awry because after that he. <laughs> 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 Mr. Douglas, big-time lawyer, is bitten by a magical 300-year-old dog that turns him into a dog. This dog is being experimented on for immortality by evil villain Kozaks and Strickland. Insanity. (laughs) It's a body horror movie, absolutely. There's so many body horror moments. There's a lot of body horror moments. There's this incredible... There's also, like, I don't know if you got this, but there's like a weird sort of kink energy there's so much kink inside energy. of this uh movie oh did you get the like food eating fetish there's definitely some food stuff yeah uh there's like this weird he's like he's a t- so part of it is tim allen acts like a dog so the shaggy dog the titular shaggy dog bites him and is he the titular shaggy dog or is the titular shaggy dog the uh tibetan monk dog that's well they call him shaggy first he's he's the dog shaggy yeah but is he the shaggy dog that's like a chick hair in the egg <laughs> <laughs> anyway so i don't know i forget it's like cayenne poe or something yeah i can't remember his name the dog the monk's name uh the the dog bites him and first tim allen acts like a dog and then i guess when his heart rate gets high enough he turns into a dog that's what it seems to be. Like when he gets aggravated enough or something, or, or or like gets really into all the dog stuff he's doing. So Tim Allen's representing a law firm, or he's representing the evil corporation uh, because this other guy who's in the movie like briefly allegedly set it on fire or something to protest. And Tim Allen then, or his family then brings home the shaggy dog because... Wait, why? Yeah, we should restart at the start. <laughs> okay, okay, restart. The movie starts. A helicopter rises above oh my. Tibetan monasteries. I totally forgot about this. Jack boots hop out of this helicopter. This whole thing, the whole opening gave me strong opening of Hellboy vibes because it's like a helicopter blades are whirring over a head and they're like, here's our target. And then they look and it's a picture and there's two guys and a, a dog. And like, Which guy? The dog. <laughs> and, and then they're like, but this picture's 80 years old. Yeah, well, 
That dog is, is an eternal age dog. Some things don't die. <laughs> and then we cut to the interior of a monastery. There's a bunch of monks there. They're, they're meditating. And then this boy comes in with a ball. And we, we go over and there's a dog who's also doing Which, them. can we just say, the first? this is the first body horror. Dogs should not have elbows. <laughs> dog had elbows. Dogs should not have elbows. It's frightening to see dogs with elbows. Yeah, that dog had human arms for sure, yeah. and it was meditating. And the dog or the boy has a ball, and he and then the head monk lets the dog go, and then the boy throws the ball, and it goes all throughout the city, through every alleyway, and which is a fun opening credit sequence. I have to give it credit, and then. It, the one of the jack knives that's what he called them right jack boots jack boots. isn't that isn't that a term <laughs> i don't know he stops them with his feet and then they capture the dog and then we cut to tim allen uh this movie's going for the dr doolittle thing of like setting up the family and tim allen has like quips with his family but tim allen isn't very funny it turns into like a weird sitcom yeah it's very it's tim. shot kind of like a sitcom the lighting is kind of like a sitcom it's very Tim the Tool Man, Taylor. We, f- of course, find out all the family troubles that are going on, which, you know, sort of similar to Eddie Murphy's Dr. Doolittle in some ways. Yeah. Um, uh, sort of a goofy intro into this family. We find the family. that he's, he's uh, working for the DA. For the DA, and he's trying to prosecute a science teacher who broke into a pharmaceutical company and there was a fire and set it on fire his daughter is protesting because uh they were experimenting on rabbits right animals bunnies and dogs i think it was just bunnies i think that's what they said in the beginning uh he ends up going to this lab because he's working for them and his daughter is there protesting Mm-hmm. And he tells his daughter to leave. As she's leaving, she runs into the Tibetan monk dog who has escaped. And she brings him home. And then Tim Allen returns home. And he says, no, 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 we don't have dogs. We don't <laughs> like dogs here. And uh, the no, dog... No, 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 no more dogs. The dog bites him. And we get a Fight Club CGI sequence of zooming into his body. And with dogs attacking his blood cells. <laughs> with dogs attacking his blood cells. <laughs> I don't really want to say Fight Club. What am I? Like Spider-Man? Yeah, maybe it's more Spider... It's something where, like, you know... Yeah. You stab yourself with an injection, and it's like... You become super... No, no, no. No All of your cells, like, expand and get get exploded. Yeah, and then he... And that's very liar, liar. So he's, like, in the courtroom, and he starts acting like a dog. He starts going through some weird dog body horror things, like his tongue gets super long... Uh, he starts running like a dog. He has to fight things. Like a dog. He barks. He growls. Uh, all the courtroom stuff is very liar liar. When except Jim Carrey's better at it. Uh, and then to fast forward, uh, he finally turns into a dog, uh, and he learns that everyone in his family hates him because he's an awful dad. Yep. And he finds this all out because they're willing to talk to the dog. Yeah. Because they don't know it's him. And then there's some weird uh, sex stuff. <laughs> No, but there's like some weird awkward stuff of like he being a dog and like this is the one that stuck out to me is like his daughter is talking to her boyfriend Trey and they're like cuddling each other and he's in the middle of it. 
as the dog as the dog and then they they kiss and he's like yeah break that up and it's so bizarre to me because like if i was a <laughs> if i was turned into a dog i wouldn't want to be there i wouldn't want to cuddle with my daughter and her boyfriend <laughs> you got to break him up you got to get him out <laughs> you know, um, he what he should have done is bite the boyfriend which then would have transformed the boyfriend into a dog as well yeah, there's some because w- this dog thing works like a zombie virus. It does. You bite someone and it transforms the host. There's some weird like homophobia stuff. Um, his son is a sissy because he likes he doesn't uh, musicals. like football and he likes musicals. <laughs> and however, uh, the Shaggy Dog T- Tim Allen he does accept his son okay, musicals, but, but his son was too afraid to tell him that he didn't like football. We have to point out how his son runs. He doesn't run like someone who's unathletic or doesn't like sports. He runs like he I want to wrist. know. All I want to know, all I want to know about this movie, I have one question. Was that direction or was the person who was cast as the son just not an athletic person? No, that was direction. A hundred percent. He's like, hey, yeah, run like you're a guy who's in the musicals. Wink. Floppy wrist. It, it was so awkward. Yeah. That's why I'm talking. It, it felt like. That's a 2006 decision. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. We got like way ahead. I feel like we should. No, it's fine. We can keep speeding through this because should... nothing happens in this movie. Except nothing for the weird in dog. This movie. Dog oh, horror jokes. Uh, there's some, a lot of weird like uh, Tim Allen as a dog figures. So he's like, well, I'll knock down the scrabble and I'll write out words. And he does and They clean it up before they see it. Uh, he gets on the computer, he types something out with a pencil, and his family just closes it, even though he's in front of it with a pencil wearing glasses. And they're all like, oh, cute dog. Uh, his wife, he keeps ditching his wife. Um, it's his anniversary, but he's turned into a dog, so he can't go to the dinner. It's, you know, all that kind of and stuff. And then he comes to the conclusion that when he sleeps, he turns back into a human. So, wh- Oh, if he gets his heart rate down, he can turn into a human. He, he goes into a bedroom, he's naked, because when he turns into his dog, he loses all his clothing. Which I will give credit, that's good. I feel like there are movies that don't do that with yeah, transformations that's fair but he points it out once he's like with his daughter he's like right now i'm naked there's <laughs> something remember that um yes <laughs> there's that kind of stuff a lot most of his monologuing it's just awful yeah i'm gonna come out and say it it's, it's not, not good, good. <laughs> it's not good it's not good it's it's rough it's real rough yeah that's the uh the shaggy dog it's they he discovers that the pharmaceutical company is experimenting on animals. There's a lot it's a of big animal plot, hybrids. And he uh, breaks in, then he goes home. Right. And then they come to his house. And they capture him. Capture him. Because he, his family finally believe him that he's a dog. And then the dog walks him through meditation, and then it turns out when he meditates, he can turn back into a human. Um, he's kind of like the Hulk. He is like the Hulk. By the end of the movie, he can willingly transform from dog to human whenever he wishes. <laughs> it's a superpower. And uh, he just has to start running like a dog, and he'll turn into a dog. And he breaks out all the animal hybrids, but before he does, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is threatening him, so he bites him Which as a dog. transforms Robert Downey Jr. into a dog. It's literally a zombie virus, or it's a werewolf virus. It is sort of a werewolf virus. Yeah, it's a werewolf than, virus. Rather than zombie. Werewolf is the right call. And then he, save, he saves all the animals, goes to court, he... He's making a fool of himself again, and then he throws a stick. Robert Downey Jr. fetches it with his mouth, 
And that's the end of the movie. And then it gets really weird because, like, the state's attorney... So he loses the case for his client and gets him arrested. And then the DA comes in and he's like, Yeah, that's a great job you did in there. You're going to get elected DA. And and I was thinking, like, but you are the DA? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, why is the DA be like, You're going to have my job next week. Uh, someday you're gonna have my job this will all be yours and then they go on vacation like they wind uh there's oahu anyway let's just talk about our best moments because that there's some real hits in this for me yeah i'm realizing as we just talked through the movie that actually i don't care about any of it no and this movie sucked yeah (laughs) but there's some good hits for me uh the first big hit for me is there's a weird food fetish scene where he's really into food because he's a dog and he bakes for food. And he's at, like, a parent-teacher conference. And <laughs> the teacher is like, is like, do you mind if I eat a sandwich right now? <laughs> do you mind if I eat a sandwich right now? <laughs> Which is really funny. And then, If that had been the end of the bit, yeah. it would have been great. And then she takes a bite and it zooms in on her mouth. And she's, like, eating it seductively. And then she looks at him and he's, like, licking his lips. And he, she's like... You want a bite? And offers the sandwich. And it's very weird. And then he chases after a cat and transforms into a dog. The cat sequence is really good. That sequence is really good. That was the best part he of the movie. He sprints on all fours uh, around, all around the town. Explodes through people's yards and shrubs and <laughs> this runs guy. across cafes. And There's this guy holding up a piece of bread. Just a normal piece of bread. He's like, yeah, this is why I come here. It's this bread. <laughs> And then the shaggy dog eats it. No, just the bread part was funny to me. It's stuck in his mouth. My other big hit was when they tase him when he's a dog. Yeah. <laughs> he runs out of his house as a dog and he gets tased by the lackeys of the pharmaceutical company. It does a, a like a stop 360. Matrix shot. Or, or a, like food advertising food advertising yeah you know like when they pour food down to make it really good it's like slow motion it's 360 around it uh there's like a certain doesn't like pause does it it did yeah no but i'm saying like the food shots don't usually pause no but it's like the same you're right there's like like a you know this there's like a camera technique that's called there's like a certain camera you use for it is there yeah there's like certain equipment for it i thought you would know i don't know they use it a lot in like music videos, rap music videos, food advertising, the Matrix. the Matrix. But yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> and it was completely out of place in this movie. <laughs> uh, and then when he's first learning to meditate, he turns into a man. So he's a dog, but the dog's eyes turn human. Really cool. Anyway, do you got anything else to say about the shaggy dog? Um... Why did Tim Allen want to make out with his daughter? Good question. <laughs> that was the thing that stuck out to me the most. Is like the idea of that you're naked and you, like you feel naked and you're like being weirdly cuddling with your like family and their significant others. Just he didn't like never really cuddle them. He did. He's like laying on the bed in between them on them. Uh... Just, like, imagine if he instead was a dog, he was a man in that moment. <laughs> yeah. First, kind of, like, clothes, though. Even if he was fully clothed, it's weird. Well, yeah, that's the joke. 
<laughs> there was no joke there. This movie does not want you to think about that. This movie does not want you to think about what he's witnessing because he's a dog and it's okay. Are you sure? That's my takeaway. Hmm. You're not supposed to think about it. Um, Doolittle. You want to switch over to Doolittle? Oh, first, uh, like, recommend. The Shaggy Dog? Yeah. Um, did not... No. I enjoyed it. I I enjoyed it because I'd never seen it before, I guess. It was <laughs> funny because it was bad we figured out but uh, it's not good this goes into it's bad my next thing is we figured out a hack to make any movie watchable you watch the same movie every single week and whatever movie you watch after it it'll be a good movie you'll be uh you'll be tuned in for whatever comes next (laughs) it's so funny i'm glad that uh robert i'm glad that he returned from the wilderness with a movie but I'm sorry to him that the two movies that he listed as the most important to him are The Shaggy Dog and Doolittle. I yeah. really am. That's a that's a rough set of movies. <laughs> but uh, now they're very important to me. So thank you, Robert. All right. Um, um, I don't know why I wrote this down. You stuff about Shaggy Dog? No. It says, does RDJ regret not seeing Chi-Chi's monkey ass? That's certainly a take. <laughs> because it wasn't... Because it was CG. Really, yes. It was CG. To be clear to everyone, we watched Doolittle for the 28th week in a row, and uh, that's where it gets you. <laughs> I am nearing 100 watches. Yeah, you are. It's it's in a couple weeks, I think. Like five weeks. Yeah, that's wild. So what did you think of Doolittle today? Mostly, I was thinking about it in relation to that article. And yeah. the magazine story feature. So it was sort of colored by being a two and a half year wound. Yeah. And we said that every week we reopen the wound and every pick up week, the scab. <laughs> every week that we're not letting this thing scab over. No, we refuse. Uh, we're living the wound. This will be an ugly scar by the time we're it done will with be. it. It will be an ugly scar. We're going to have it forever. We're always going to see it. We're always going to see it. Uh, whether we like it or not. So that was the main thing. My mind was all over the place. So there's a line where he says something, you are not a prisoner of fear. Mm-hmm. And so this got me thinking, right? So like I said, I couldn't really focus on anything. I don't know why today. Um, so isn't it weird that in local newspapers, they review high school like musicals? Is that weird? Isn't that weird that there's grown men who get paid to go to like the local musical that that's done by like fifteen year olds and if they were hypercritical it would be weird. I feel like right? they they are. Like I remember reading these. Are they? Yeah. I remember reading I guess these I've like never read. when I was in high school and them be like pretty critical of them. Really? Yeah. But what they do, what's sneaky, what they do is they praise the performers. So they, they praise the performers, but they go after the story. Yeah, well, they go after the whole musical. Like, oh, the songs were bad. Like, uh, But then they're like, oh, So this... they critique the stuff that adults have made? Yeah, I guess. Like the, the writing behind the songs and things right. like that? The story? Because they can't actually attack high schoolers. Okay. They can't be like, oh, that was a... Like, this guy put in a real... I actually think that they should attack. They really should, yeah. High schoolers. But that's what I was thinking about during that movie. 
that's pretty much all I got. I have a good quote from the end of the day that I don't think we've ever used. I've got one too. Uh, and then uh, yesterday we saw the new Indiana Jones movie. Oh, we're just jumping straight to that? Yeah, straight to that. Because okay. I have something to bring up. I was going to say like the CG comparing it to Doolittle and just how in general movies that are mostly CG are not great visually. A lot of Doolittle looks bad. Well, actually, Doolittle and Indiana Jones have uh, the opposite problems. So part of the issue with Doolittle is a lot of the bad CG is like in super bright light. Yeah. And it just looks super fake because of it. That's fair. We're talking about the Stubbins on the giraffe. Yeah, Stubbins on a giraffe. Stubbins swinging on the bridge. And even like Barry in the... When the sunlight Barry hits jumping, Barry jumping around in the in the prison cell. And I started noticing, like, just in general, the lighting on all the animals is usually different. It's not very good. Uh, and because every scene is so well lit, <laughs> it makes it kind of, like, bad. And in the end, Jones was the exact opposite. Where heavy CG moments are super dark, so you can't tell. Yeah, they tried to hide everything, and they did, but it was kind of gross. And then this got me, so we, we aren't fully in the, what else did you do? Mm-hmm. So, um, I actually have a question for you. Okay. Recently, I watched Batman Forever. That's the Joel Schumacher. That's after the Tim Burton ones. It was the first one that wasn't with Tim Burton. Uh, it's with, uh, Jim Carrey. Who's the villain? Tommy Lee Jones. It's the Riddler and Two-Face. Okay. I've never seen it. Um, and Val Kilmer is Batman. And it still has the same Commissioner Gordon and Alfred as the, the oh, Tim Burton ones. It's like a weird reboot, a weird reboot sequel. But what's interesting about it now is that recently it came out that uh, Kevin Smith has like the the original cut of the movie okay. w- without all the effects finished entirely. Mm-hmm. And he's been doing showings of it. He's trying to get it released. Okay, like so he's sort of like a Zack Snyder cut type r- thing. Right. But, that kind of movement. But we're talking about a movie from 1995. So I was like wondering, what do you think about like the idea of remastering movies? Uh, okay. Because um, <laughs> that's just... The thing that I always think about with this is George Lucas and Star Wars. Yeah, that, right? that's what I was thinking too. Um, where the theatrical release is different from what we have now. The special editions came out and added more things so you can build on your vision. The other thing I think about is this is a little bit different because it's just color regrading. But Wong Kar Wai, whenever uh, he did a re-release with the Criterion Collection... They recolor graded all of the movies, yeah, and made them a lot more green than they originally were, and that is supposedly more in line with what the director's vision was, but it's not in line with what the original theatrical release and what the original cinematographer created. I don't mind directors going back and revisiting their works, or like Blade Runner is another example. Yeah, right. I I don't mind it. I think it's fine. However. I don't want the original cuts to be lost. Like with Star Wars. Like with Star Wars. You can you can't find like I I grew up on the remasters 
the special edition Star Wars. Right. Four, five, and six trilogy. So I don't know Star Wars without all of those added special effects, and I like those special effects. But the new thing is once the prequels came out, they went back and added in like Hayden Christensen into episode six. Yeah. And things like that. And I don't like that. I wish that the other versions were still available. Well, uh, that was with the special, wasn't that? Because wasn't that special the same... edition came out in like the nineties? Okay, I thought it came out in like two thousand like one or something. No, it was back in the nineties. I'm pretty sure. Because I thought it came out with the prequels, and no, that's why they uh, changed a bunch of stuff. Nineteen ninety seven is when the VHS Star Wars special edition trilogy. Uh, one thing that they did do that was positive. The only positive thing I can think about is that they added in uh, they add in the Emperor instead of like what they had before, which was a weird like monkey hybrid. You mean in the hologram stuff? Yeah. Okay. They just put the actual actor in it. Uh, but what's weird about this? There's like some differences here because uh, Joel Schumacher is dead. He died two years ago. Um, I'm I don't not, really like that. Yeah, uh, I think the idea is that this is his original cut. The other thing is that if they know it's his original cut, that's one thing. Yeah, they do. Are they sure? Like, there's a difference between. Well, I guess I don't know an unfinished cut and a cut that you actually wanted to release, right? This that's, is that's my point. I guess this is his first submitted cut. This is what his in in theory. This is what he wanted. If that makes sense. But I'm not entirely sure how Kevin Smith came across it. Like, I don't know any of the details. I just know what I read about it. But I can tell you it adds around 45 minutes to the runtime. So it goes from like a two-hour movie See, to that's a... Okay, that's part of what I don't like. Right. Um, Because in making a movie, you're going to cut stuff out. Right. Like you know, DVDs have deleted scenes all the time. Movies have deleted scenes. Stuff gets cut. And it makes the movie sometimes better or sometimes worse, but the reality is stuff gets cut. I don't think that we need to go through and re-release every single movie with all of the stuff that got trimmed to the cutting room floor. Yeah, I like, think... there's an art to making movies, and some of it is about removing things. So, I think that's, like, entirely what director's cuts are for, and it yeah. is weird doing this after he's dead. But I guess the idea is that they were going to try to get it released after like in memoriam to him or something um if it's written down somewhere that that's what he wants yeah i have I'm no all idea for it. i'm all but, for it but uh, otherwise i don't know you know release it as like here's an early cut of the movie yeah like, I that would doesn't watch mean that. that doesn't mean that it's what he, they wanted it to be right it's just an early cut for example our view little episodes sometimes they're like an hour and 30 minutes long and stuff gets cut yeah but I, I really think we should release all, release all the sound that's okay it's part of the process uh speaking on star wars my other thing is like is the future of movies like doing video game remasters on like every single special movie? effects yeah like for the i'm glad you brought up the star Wars special edition because a lot of the stuff they add was pure cg what would you think of them, like, making the CG good? <laughs> like, um, bringing it up to 2023 standards. Because, like, if I they... Mean, that's that's kind of what they did with the... I feel like they're constantly doing that, aren't they? No, it still looks pretty bad. Really? Yeah, I don't think they've ever changed it since then, have they? I think they have. 
I think they've been doing updates to stuff. But, like, part of, like, if they did do redo Batman Forever, like, if they added, if they redid those effects, like, wouldn't they have to redo the whole movie? <laughs> like, that's something that stood out to me. I guess it's, it depends on if they're doing it in the style of what the movie is, yeah. what, what the movie was, or if they're doing it in uh, trying to make it look as good as... Anyway. There's, there's like, an art preservation slant to all of this that i think is important seeing uh goop face harrison ford kind of remind me of all this because like do you think in 20 years from now when, they could, when they're better at recreating people's faces they'll revisit that they can and revisit it and make him not look like a goop face yeah we're talking about de-aging harrison ford so cgi de-aging it's come a long way but it's still it's, it's awful it's, it's uncanny valley and i wish they wouldn't do it just recast the person like or just don't don't make them recast them just don't make them young i am all for recasting i think that's perfectly fine because we all know that cgi goop faces is just gonna lead to no actors ever yeah we're it's just gonna be well the 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 studio is going to have a random person generator they're gonna (laughs) click random person and it's gonna generate a person and then they're going to say, this is the person we're going to cast in our movie. Because then they don't need actors who have unionized all over the world. Yeah. They're, they're, they're gone. And they don't need writers who have unionized all over the world. They're gone. The other thing that I took away from Indiana Jones is that we need more Nazis in the movies to get punched. Yeah, we've... Uh, <laughs> we've I think we were right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I liked most about the movie was all of the Nazis. There's a good, the a good scene where all the Nazis... <laughs> A lot of great, great Nazi deaths. Great Nazi deaths. Oh my goodness. Indiana Jones was fun because of that. We need to kill more Nazis Um, in movies. We talked the other day, we rated our Indiana Jones. Where does this one go for you? Um, This is the worst one. Yep, I agree. It goes below four. (laughs) And I need to rewatch four. I need to rewatch all of them, really. The only one I don't need to rewatch is uh, Last Crusade. That one I think is solidly two. Yeah. Temple of Doom is my favorite because of how like bris- briskly paced it is. But the, I mean, that's just me. I might like Last Crusade more than Raiders of the Lost Ark. And then Temple of Doom is three. Yeah, that's totally fair. I'm going to bring up one other complaint I have with Indiana Jones. Yeah. There are too many car chases in movies. Too many car chases. <laughs> too many car chases in movies. Um, we got Too this- long. Too long. Movies too long and you're putting in more car chases? No. Too many car chases. We got this old man. We need him to do action. Put him in the Put car. Him in a car. <laughs> he can do action. Fair enough. Uh, I see what you've done. I respect it. James Mangold, I see what you're doing, but sorry. Nope. James Mangold is going to make another dad movie, and you're going to watch it. I mean, you're right. You're not wrong. That man just makes dad movies. and He's got a good genre. He's got a good hold on the genre of dad movies. <laughs> Doesn't matter if they're good or bad. Another fun. positive I can say for this movie is the action scenes that weren't uh, CGI goop, heavily dark, go- like goo. Goo, yeah. There's not a lot of cuts in it. Like, they look good. A lot of the chase scenes look good. Um,. But let's keep all the car chases. I, here's, wh- here's what I want from all of us. Let's keep the car chases in Fast and Furious. Yeah. Unless we have a really fun gimmick to make it different. Yeah. We don't need car chases. I can't wait for all the car chases in Meg 2. <laughs> car chases in Doolittle 2. Are you ready to get Megged? 
No. What what were the trailers we saw? There were a lot of trailers. It was all dad core movies. Expendables yeah. three. Expendables three or four. Expendables, Expendables four. Equalizer, four three. Equalizer three. Meg two. Open, um, Oppenheimer. 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 Oh oh. Uh, <laughs> Heimer. Ah uh, Oop. Stop it. <laughs> That's a really good bit, though. It is a good bit. Uh, and finally... Uh, Opa, sp- Hamer, I didn't see you there. Spooky movies. There's some spook fest. Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion. Uh, that one looks fun. Danny DeVito aggressively being Danny DeVito. It's a good time. Uh, what have you been up to? Uh, we watched Indiana Jones 5. Yeah. Have you been up to anything else? I think that's it. Any other movies? Shaggy Dog and Doolittle. Yep. Just Batman Forever. Doing this thing that whenever we do laundry, we're... Oh, it was laundry day. I should have asked when you brought up Batman. I should have known. Yeah, we're going through laundry day. Going to be soon on the next one, and it's Batman and Robin, which I'm excited for. So you're going to be dirtying up some clothes, roll around outside, and... (laughs) You can get to laundry faster. We gotta do, we laundry, to do laundry again. We gotta. We, we, we just cleaned I those. I feel like we just washed everything. We're gonna have to do laundry again. Good grief! <laughs> just taking the nasty poop off my clothes and my dresser. Oh no! Look what the the cats did. Oh, <laughs> oh. We, this is laundry day. We're gonna have to watch Batman. Yep. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> nice. Because I wear the same clothes every single day, so I don't actually. <laughs> I said, need to do laundry. <laughs> I just have the one pair of shorts and one shirt that I wear every day. What's funny is I actually wore this yesterday, but I did laundry yesterday, so it's two days in a row. I wore these yesterday. And these. I do that. You may have recognized this. I, watched, I didn't recognize this. I watched Wait, Indiana Jones. You wear socks? Um, I just didn't take them off yet. <laughs> I didn't put them on until last night when I left to go to the movie That's theater. fair, that's fair. And so it hasn't been a full day yet. That's fair. So they're still okay socks. I did sleep in them, but... As soon as I put socks off and take them off, they're done to me. <laughs> they have to be washed. Yeah, I haven't taken them off yet, though. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. They're still clean. They're still good. I'm still in use. Um, Did we rate Doolittle? Do we rate 20th viewing of Doolittle? Yeah, uh... I, I'm mixed on this one. This is hard. I didn't enjoy it or just not enjoy it. I existed during it. Yep, I agree. However, I don't not recommend it or do recommend it. I think you must uh, become it. Here's what I think. After hearing Robert Downey Jr.'s that this is RDJ's trauma, it's a wound for him, a two and a half year wound. I think everyone should watch it. He must never forget. In tribute. So that we all... Robert, Robert, Robert. Uh, you think you can forget? You think we'll just forget this movie? <laughs> no. We shall use your trauma against you. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm saying... Um, your trauma's meaningless to us. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. Your trauma makes us hunger for more. <laughs> I'm actually saying the opposite of everything that you're saying. That is what you're saying, that his trauma makes us hunger for more Doolittle. No, I'm saying that it being a two and a half year wound, it being <laughs> such an impactful thing on his life, yeah, that other people 
should should, should watch, watch it, it so it makes us so hunger we, for more. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. We feast upon no, your trauma. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying at all. John, uh, <laughs> let's get out of here while we still can. Where's that from, Polly? John, uh, let's get out oh, of here yeah. while we still can. That's the. No, I uh, think we're meant to help here. Do not lick any instruments. Who responds after he says that? I don't know. I, I never hear this line. I've heard it before. I know it exists. Do not lick any instruments. It's when he's in the. He's in the operating room. Operating I know. Room. Yeah, with the squirrel with kevin yeah it's like when he's blinking in the the funny glasses the magnifying Blink. glasses um well that's a fun word magnifying glasses it's a fun word <laughs> yeah it's, i don't know because you know like magnifying glass it's two words <laughs> i'm sorry magnifying glasses anyway oh hey, <laughs> didn't see you there <laughs> are you going to see uh you're going to see Indiana Jones 5. <laughs> You're going to see Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. What accent is this? Opa Hammer. This is my Midwestern accent. That's what I sound like. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> That's why I'm like, is he doing an accent? Right. <laughs> what, not, what accent is That's just me. That's Frank, why oh. are you just speaking? <laughs> Opa Hammer. I uh, didn't see you there. Opa Opa la da 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 Gingham style. I'm just op I'm just I'm just gonna sneak right past you. Op 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 Opa Gingham style. <laughs> yeah, uh we can stop this. No, we can't. <laughs> it must be stopped. So uh where can you find us if you were looking? If you were to look, where would we be found? We're on YouTube at Speaking in Animals. We're Is it updated? Yep. Uh we're on email. Is it entirely updated? Oh yeah, we're on email. No wait, wait, wait. I I checked the other day. Keeping you honest. When did you check? Yesterday. <laughs> That's not the other day. Like two days ago. Uh, you you were on episode nineteen. <laughs> oh, you should check again, my friends. Uh, You're right behind. Now? Right You're now? behind. Okay. You're behind. What episode are we on, Frank? Don't lie to me. You have to check out get it, get on our YouTube and find out for yourself. Oh yeah, uh, That's we're what I'm also doing. on Gmail. You can send us an email. You can keep us in the loop on any uh, articles about Robert Downey Jr. and how he feels about Doolittle. You can shoot that to dr.viewlittle at gmail.com. That's drviewlittle at gmail.com. Yeah, we would love to hear from you. If you're looking to reach out to Frank, Mr. Boombastic himself. Opa. <laughs> I, I didn't. Hey, Mur, I uh, didn't see you there. Yeah. It wasn't me. What do you? I don't understand what you're I'm doing. I'm making Shaggy references. Oh, Shaggy <laughs> references, of course. For Shaggy yeah, dog, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I meant to do that earlier, but I just couldn't be bothered. I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I'm like, well, maybe it's a good idea. So I'm really trying to sneak him in. Anyway, Frank, we're on episode twenty. <laughs> you, you're behind. I told you, you're behind. <laughs> That's actually really good progress. I gotta say. That's where you can find us. Reach out if you have any shaggy dog quotes. Do you have any shaggy dog quotes? No. I can't remember anything they said in that movie. I, I really can't remember anything. Am I a dog? What's this? Uh, 4K TV? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Attila's not a mutt. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, there was a weird uh, vengeance scene where the the dog that pees on his yard all the time gets smashed in a car, and then it's in a a neck brace. Yeah, it's in a neck brace. That's the movie. Uh, But yeah, that's it. That's all the quotes I got. Quotes. There are no quotes here. No quotes here. Uh, Good luck striking actors and striking writers. I hope that you win. Yeah, I. On this subject, I do think now is the time where producers should take advantage of AI movies. <laughs> They're going to. They're also taking advantage of making movies in other countries. But then they can't use union actors in other countries, can they? That's why they're bringing in their own so the, new actors. So you're saying now is the best time for me to get into acting? Now is the best time. So I actually, should move to, like, China? Yeah, you should absolutely do it. Uh, no, like, if they win, which I think eventually they will, I think they can hold out long enough for the screenwriters. If they win, then, like, AI will never touch a movie script, in theory, right? That's, like, the goal here. That'd be nice. So now is the time for us to get these, like, weird baloney movies that don't make any logical sense. Yes. <laughs> and that's kind of what I want. It's funny that movies are finally back right now with uh, Indiana Jones, with Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible, with Barbie. Yeah, Oppenheimer. With Opa Hamer. I didn't see you there. And uh, now they're also all gone. Yeah. We're going to have... Those awful pandemic movies are going to... We finally got away from the awful pandemic movies. Where they have one actor and a camera in a room. The stretch of time where no one could make the movies they wanted to because of the pandemic. And now we're going to, in a couple more years, be having the writer strike movies. Yeah, which will be the same thing. So the good news is we're going to be sitting down with Doolittle next week. And uh, watching that again. We got. We will always have Doolittle. But, yeah, hope they win. Hope uh, UPS wins, too. Oh, yeah. Shout out UPS. And uh, shout out Robert Downey Jr. In case anyone important is listening, uh, I do not condone unions. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, please don't fire me. I need my job. Oh, uh-oh. Finn's uh, anti-union. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is outrageous. Frank, uh, I just get I, organized. I just think in this podcast, me, we're like a family, okay? All over the world, uh, animals are organizing. All over the world, people are just family. Strike. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. calls Doolittle and Shaggy Dog the most important films he's done in the last 25 years. Breaking, breaking. Says Avengers, Age of Ultron is content. I just, I think we're like a family here. And that's why we don't offer benefits. Um, we offer benefits. <laughs> we do? Yep. Let me take you up on those. What uh, are my benefits? Great movie. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> UBS. Hey, they yeah. can watch Doolittle whenever they want. You got, we'll give you a DVD. We'll okay. give you a Blu-ray. You have to pee in jars unless you watch Doolittle. <laughs> then you can have a break. But if you fall asleep, you're fired. Uh-oh. That's uh, that's tough. If you want to take a break and concentrate on this movie, you can watch it. I would be fired. 
Yeah, you would be. <laughs> You'd be out of here. Get out of here. All right, I think we've wrapped up. John, on. let's get out of here. Do not lick the instruments. John, let's get out of here while we still can. <laughs> oh, by Hamer, I didn't see you there. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say that for the rest of my oh, life. <laughs> I'm going to be saying that for the rest of my life. Right.